We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Nick Whalen joined, as I am every Monday, by Alex Barutha. we got a special guest on the pod. Those of you listening along, uh, watching live on Twitter, on YouTube, you can see him right here. He is Adam King. He's been writing for Roto-Wire for a long, long time. Been doing a ton of work for us over the years. And Adam, you are currently in the midst of your uh, trip over to the United States from Australia. So... Uh, t- tell us about you know the games that you've already been to. I know, I know you're hitting as many NBA games as you can. What else is on the schedule? Standouts? Uh, we'll, we'll kind of start there and then move into some of our biggest takeaways from the weekend. Uh, yeah, no, good good to be here. It's good that we can line up. Uh, normally there's a time difference, which is an issue, so not at the moment. Um, what games we've been to? We've been to a couple of Pelicans games, a Celtics game, a Pacers game. Uh, and we've got two more Pacers games to go before we head home. Um, standouts for me, uh, I think were we were lucky enough when we went to the Pelicans games, we were able to get VIP pregame tickets. So we were able to get down right next to the court and watch the shoot around. Um, for me, it was how big some players are and how small some players are. So CJ McCollum was very small. He was a lot smaller than I thought. Uh Mitchell Robinson is very big, um, stood next to him, and and he sort of towered over me. Um, the Celtics, uh, just I think for me that the what stands out is the different environments, the different courts, the different crowds. Um, like New Orleans, very different to Boston, uh, and then Boston, very different to Indiana as well. Uh, the Boston crowd is just they're ready for a championship. Um, this year, it's they're, they're very excited. Uh, we we actually saw the Pacers game in Indiana, uh, in Boston, where Boston won by fifty. Um, so it wasn't a close game, but mm-hmm. seeing Sam Hauser and Peyton Pritchard go off in the fourth quarter, the crowd was just as loud for that as they were for the the start of the game. So um, yeah, no, look, it's been a really fun trip, uh, other than getting sick, but that usually happens when you travel. So. Uh, yep. We're off to the the Wembenyama game tonight, which should be fun. Nice, very nice. Uh, Spurs are uh, in action. Uh, who, who do they have tonight? Oh, they're at Indiana. Okay, there we go. Indiana, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I'm always like when I look at my scoreboard, I'm always scrolling to the bottom because I feel like they play late games. But they are on the road at Indy. Uh, where were you over the weekend? Did you catch any of the in season tournament games on Friday? No, so we just missed those. We missed the uh, the Indiana in season game by one night. So okay. uh, yeah, they played the oh, who did that? I can't even remember who they played in that first in season game. Um, but we caught them I on think the they night the Cavs, after. Right? Yeah, they might have. We caught them the night after. Um, okay. So yeah, we 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 saw the uh, Hornets game. Uh, that was very close. Um, And, yeah, so I didn't get to see any of those wild court designs. Uh, So we we mentioned CJ McCollum. You said you saw him in person down in New Orleans. Uh, Got the news that he's dealing with a collapsed lung. Uh, This is now the second time over the last few years that McCollum has dealt with this. 
I, I am yet to really see anything definitive as far as how long he could miss. Uh, you know, December of 2021 was the last time this happened, and he missed about a month and a half. Uh, should be an evaluation, you know, the next day or so that will provide us some more information on McCollum. But uh, guys, should we be bracing for you know a four to six at least week absence here? Uh, I will. I will say, um, you know, McCollum missed. This is from uh, Matt Smith on Twitter, who I think he's a basketball monster guy. Last time McCollum had a, a collapsed lung, he missed 18 games, so like over a month. Yeah. Two other players who had collapsed lungs were Terrence Jones and Gerald Wallace, and they missed six and seven games. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a fantasy manager, I think you have to be ready for McCollum to miss bare minimum two weeks. Okay. Um, and since it's like a recurring issue for him, I you just can't be surprised if it's a month or more. But it's probably something that I imagine ends up being um, probably week to week. Like, you may not know on Monday if he's planning on playing Friday. Like, they may have to kind of take it day by day or something. What's your level of interest in Dyson Daniels? Is that the is that the obvious pivot? You know, we, we could see a little more Jordan Hawkins. You know, maybe Kyra Lewis, their first-round pick from a few years ago who got hurt. But, um, I, I, yeah, I think Dyson Daniels is the, the most obvious fill-in. For the next couple of weeks, I mean, you kind of forget CJ McCollum is essentially the full-time point guard and one of the only true point guards on this roster. So is that somebody you were grabbing off waivers over the weekend? Well, what do you think, Gary? Uh, I, yeah, look, I, I I actually put in a bid for him last night in the uh, industry pickup league and he ended up going to Mitch Casey for $90 um, out of a $1,000 budget. So, so Mitch paid up and, and yeah I think it's Dyson Daniels uh, I think we've seen enough from Hawkins and uh, Matt Ryan we, we know who they are they're not really ready I don't think uh, I think Ingram's going to handle the ball a lot more without McCollum so uh, yeah I think Daniels is the one if, if you if you want to take a flyer on someone um, as long as you don't need sort of guaranteed scoring he's gonna he's gonna sort of chip in across a few categories on most nights I think Guys, we, we saw the Memphis Grizzlies last night finally pick up their first win of the season. They avenged uh, a loss to Portland on Friday, getting the 112-100 victory. It, so far for Memphis, it, it's kind of been a two-man show with, with Jared Jackson and Desmond Bain, and we, we knew that would be the case to some degree. You know, Marcus Smartis has had some ups and some downs as well. It hasn't been a, a great start for him. You know, I, I watched this Memphis team, and you know, we could talk about some of the fantasy ramifications in a moment, but it, it feels to me like a team that's relying – on a bunch of guys who, if they're your seventh, eighth, ninth man, you're feeling pretty good. But if you're asking Zaire Williams to to be your third or fourth minute getter, like that, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. Like, how concerned are you guys about this Grizzlies team? I mean, I, I was pretty concerned to start the year. I was surprised how many people picked their over, um, you know, on the win totals. Although that was before Stephen Adams got hurt, I think some of those people maybe changed their tune. Uh, because the Morant Stephen Adams thing was such a uh, such a crucial part of the offense, but you said it. I mean, there's just you know uh, Bain, Triple J, Marcus Smart. Like those are really the only guys on this team that I have any confidence in. Even Tillman is pretty up and down. Um, you know they signed Biombo. Zaire Williams looks interesting, but he like wasn't even in the rotation last year. Like everybody else on this team, it's just they wouldn't even be like guaranteed rotation players on some you know championship contenders. So. I'm I'm definitely concerned. Yeah, I, I I was pretty concerned as well. Um, Stephen Adams is pretty important to this team, so not having him there, and then you remember Brandon Clark isn't there as well, so um, he would be playing big minutes if if he was there now, and he's somewhat trustworthy. So yeah, I, I was pretty concerned, and I haven't seen anything thus far. I mean, they won last night, but it was against Portland. Um, how many games are they going to win this season? Not many, I don't think so. Yeah, worrying times, I think, uh, in Memphis. Could be worrying times for the Orlando Magic as well, who are off to a pretty good start. Uh, you know, we can, can quibble about some of the teams that they beat, but they're 4-2 so far, picked up a nice win over the L.A. Lakers over the weekend. Uh, but, guys, we are we are going down this path once again with Wendell Carter. Uh, it's always one step forward, two steps back. He's out now for at least the next three weeks uh, due to a fracture uh, on a finger in his left hand. So, uh, probably won't see Wendell Carter until at or around uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, Alex, we saw some, some monster bids come in. Ken Kreitz, our guy, uh, adding Goga Batadze for $53 uh, 
in the Rotowire Stake League last night. That's out of 100, by the way. It's, it's, not, it's not the industry pick of 1,000. We have to I saw that, and I went to the settings page to double-check that the budget was 100. <laughs> yeah, because in NFPKC, it's also 1,000. So it's like, okay. Right. Look, I mean, I put in a bid for Batatse. I think I somewhere in like the $15 range. I don't quite yeah. remember. I mean, he's someone that I think like the casual fan has no idea who he is. Um, people who have played fantasy for you know the past half decade know that he's like a per minute guy. Yeah. Um, people who've ever written player notes have known it right. because he's been banged up for two and a half straight years. Exactly. And he hit, look, he had a nice game. And if he continues to play 26, like basically if him and Wagner split playing time going forward at the five, I think they can both be fantasy viable uh, in 12 team leagues, maybe more so on four game weeks because Batatse is not going to do 10, 10, five and two every single game. Uh, but but what do you think, Adam? I mean, they also have Markel Fultz is, is dealing with a knee injury too right now and has, has been out uh, past, what, two games? Yeah, Fultz is already out for – he's been ruled out for tonight, so that'll be his third. Um, it does sound like he was able to go through through some of the pregame stuff, so he's getting closer. So I'm hoping it's only another one or two games because I've got him in a lot of teams. Uh, yeah, in terms of that center position, I think – both players probably have value uh, at the moment. It'll depend a little bit on the matchup. Batadze will be used a little bit more if they're against your more traditional big centre, uh, whereas uh, Wagner has the ability to stretch the floor and, and switch out a little bit. So I didn't get Batadze anywhere, but I managed to get uh, Mo Wagner for $3. So uh, while everyone went bid on Batadze, I just went $3 on Wagner and um he only played about 20 minutes, I think, so I'm hoping that that could maybe creep up to 25 in, in some matchups, but we'll see. But, yeah, Wendell Carter, um, I'm pretty glad I didn't draft him anywhere. Well, I, I think everybody's rushing out to get Batazze <laughs> because he had five blocks the other night uh, against yeah. the Lakers. And I, I get it. You know, he also had 10 points, 10 rebounds. There's just not a lot of evidence to suggest that, you know, that's anything – sustainable and you know if you're, you're picking him up and it's not like window carter towards acl here it's like he could be back in the next three weeks uh you know nothing against our guy uncle ken kreitz love him to death i don't know <laughs> if i'd want to you know spend half of my my fab budget on somebody who might only be viable for a few weeks and is likely to have some down games in there i mean he you look back at last season you know how many games did he play well we'll, we'll even just say 20 plus minutes he had eight games where he played 20 plus minutes in those games he averaged seven points eight rebounds 1.3 blocks and I don't think this is a situation, you know, where he's playing 30 to 35 minutes. Like you said, Adam, I, you know, if it's, would you rather spend 40 to $50 for Batadze or three to $5 for, for Mo Wagner? To me, that's a pretty easy decision. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think one go, thing about, oh, one thing about Wagner too, in this game, Wagner had five fouls in this game against the Lakers. Right. So he was a bit of foul trouble. He also took a, a season high 10 shots from the field in his 19 minutes. And he can play some forward as well. So, you know, if, if for whatever reason they kind of want to go small, um, Wagner might be a better option there. So, yeah, whoever you got, I, I wouldn't feel bad about it. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see how it develops, though. Got a question in the chat uh, from our guy, Jordy, who says, is it time to drop Jeremy Sohan? Uh, he is in a dynasty league. So keep that in mind. In dynasty, I'm, I'm willing to – to see this out. Um, you know, if anything in, in that, I would try to trade him as opposed to just straight up dropping him in a dynasty league. But I think we can apply this to redraft as well. I mean, if you're, uh, I, I stayed away from Sohan for the most part. So I don't, I don't have a lot of exposure to him. I haven't really had to deal with this just really in best ball. Um, but it, if you have him right now in a redraft league, are, are you thinking about cutting bait? What do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm okay. Holding him. Uh, I've got him in two, one or two leagues. Um, and I'm really only in head-to-head -head leagues. So in the teams that I've got him on, I really just need him to get some assists, some rebounds, um, not kill my free throw percentage, some defensive stats. So I wasn't relying on him for points or threes or anything like that. So I think depending on your build, I think he's okay to hold because I think the Spurs are invested in him one way or the other, whether it's at their start as their starting point guard long-term or, or this is a short-term thing. They're not in a position where they will need to give up on this idea of him as a point guard after two weeks. I think they they can roll with this for a month, two months, even if it's not working. Uh, Devin Vassell is out at the moment as well with a groin, I think, groin thing. Um, 
So that probably gives him a bit more uh, opportunity there. So I'm okay holding him. I wouldn't just drop him. As you said, you could maybe look to trade him, but I wouldn't just be dropping him yet. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a reason to drop him in, in Dynasty Leagues because um, someone's going to be high on him. So you, you, you're probably going to be able to get a trade, like Nick said. And even as, I mean, it's hard to say whether or not he's playing poorly. I mean, nine, six, and five with a steal in 27 minutes. Like, that's not bad. I think the upside here is like he's only 20 years old and he fits next to Wembenyama. So if you're in a dynasty league, those two things are going in your favor. And even even if you think he's playing poorly, he's still ranked 150th. Like he's not he's not killing you. He's still a four game week guy. So um, yeah, I would definitely hang on to him or or look to move him if anything. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Got a question or potentially a statement uh, from from Adrian here. I, it reads as a statement. I assume it's a question. Should you try to buy low on Julius Randle, who is off to just a disastrous start to the year? Uh, you know, it's kind of he and Lamelo Ball are the, are the guys that are, are primarily responsible for killing field goal percentage categories right now. At least Lamelo got on track last night, gave you 30, 10, and ten. Uh, Julius Randle threw six games, guys. Thirteen point seven points per game, twenty seven percent from the field, 22% from three. The free throw shooting has also been bad, 61% on the year. Uh, he's never been a great free throw shooter, but he's been you know, at least kind of mid to high 70s. He's had a couple 80-plus seasons in his career. Uh, one, what is going on with Julius Randle? And two, Alex, uh, are you willing to buy low if somebody offers him up? So he had off-season ankle surgery. Um and so I assume he basically did nothing, you know, basketball wise over the off season. I think that's some of it. Cause Randall, you know, Randall's not really like a good natural shooter. He kind of has worked his way into becoming a better shooter. And I think taking a whole off season off for him is, is probably bad on that front. I would buy low. I mean, this is someone who basically has a fantasy floor when he's been right, you know, basically with New York of like, I don't know, sixth, seventh round. And the good news here is he's still taking basically the same amount of shots. Like his usage hasn't really decreased at all. And his assists are actually up compared to last season. So yeah, I mean, if I can trade someone who, who I would project as like the, uh, like a top 90 or player, you know, over the rest of the season and I can get Randall in return, I, I think I would do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I'm probably about as low as anyone on Randall, but I still think this is a good buy low opportunity because, as you said, he's going to be better than this. His shooting 
I think I saw something the other day. This is the worst start to a season in history in terms of field goal percentage. Um, so he'll be better. Look, I saw him in the warm-up when they played the Pelicans and he he just wasn't right. Like you could tell he hadn't he, – he wasn't where the other guys were in terms of shots falling, just rhythm, that sort of thing. So I think he'll be better. Um, I did read, I think, this morning that there is possibly some conjecture within the Knicks locker room about their direction and their style of play and that sort of thing, which doesn't really come as a surprise to me. But I'd certainly buy low if, if you could if you can find a manager who's pretty frustrated and just willing to give him up for anything, then you might as well throw an offer out there. It can't get any worse is the is the one thing I would say. I mean, it truly can't get worse. Yeah. I, I think it, there it has to get better. And if you've weathered the storm so far, I mean, but Julius Randle, he's, he's not, he hasn't been on your bench, right? You've been thinking the last two weeks it's going to get better. Um, it it will. So I I wouldn't say I'd go out of my way to to buy low. Uh, but if you if you can do it without giving up too much, uh, I, I think I think and you know, especially if you're not the one that's been harmed, you know, on your on your roster for the last two weeks by this, um, you have to assume that he's going to trend upward. Um, let's see. We got a few more good questions in the chat here. You know, a, a lot of people have asked us about Miles Bridges. I have no information. I have no idea. Nobody really seems to know. I my guess is that he plays at some point. You know, unless Charlotte, you know, kind of gets for better or for worse pressured into not playing him. I, I think that's one of the holdups right now. But it seems the way that Charlotte has operated that unless he is suspended by the NBA or you know not allowed to participate in NBA games legally. I, I think they're going to pursue, you know, him coming back at some point, especially if they continue to struggle. I mean, they, it, it no doubt makes them a better basketball team. You know, obviously there are a ton of things going on off the court and he's, uh, I think proven himself to, to not be anything close to a model citizen. But if, if we're just asking for fantasy basketball purposes, I don't know when he's coming back, but I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't play at all this year. Yeah, there, there was actually, I think news actually came out the other day that, unless anything changes between now and when his 10-game suspension is up, uh, whether that's a, an extra suspension or any additional news. So based on what we know right now, expectations are that he will play uh, in that 11th game. I'm not sure what the date is, mm-hmm. um, but that that's what I read and, and I've heard a f- other few analysts talking about that and, and saying, so I've, I've got him on a couple of my injured, in my injured slots and, and I'm just going to hold see what happens yeah i I, again not not a whole lot to say there like you said he is technically eligible you know once that 10th game is served um i think at that point it's just you know it's almost reminiscent of the sean watson situation in the nfl at some point where it's like is the organization willing to stomach Mm. some negative pr if they are then they probably throw it out there and and you know in their mind hope that it blows over but um yeah i I think i would if if you're holding them for now probably do it for another week I don't think now's the time to cut bait, you know, see where, see where we get at that 10 game mark. And then you could go from there. Uh, Got a couple questions guys about Cam Thomas. Um, You know, Adrian asking basically, do we think Cam Thomas could keep this up? Should we look to trade him? Uh, We had another question of, you know, if we do want to trade Cam Thomas, who are the type of players that you could target uh, that, that have the same ceiling. Um, But first Adam, I want to get your take on, on Adam or on uh, Cam Thomas and whether or not he could keep this up. Because it, it does feel like whenever he's been granted this opportunity in the past, uh, you know, whether it's been this year or, or kind of in, in random one-off situations last season, you know, he's, he's a free ticket to 25-plus points whenever he gets the minutes. Yeah, he's, um, you know, some of this is that Cam Johnson's been out. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think his minutes or his workload has a lot to do with, like, the Claxton absence. Um, unless you think, like, you know, Claxton's going to start playing 30 minutes and then Finney Smith gets like shifted down and it just keeps everyone keeps sliding down and then, and then Thomas gets squeezed. But I don't really think that's going to happen. I mean, this, this Nets team is just really, it's not that good. They don't have championship aspirations. They don't, I, you don't envision them winning the Eastern conference or anything like that. So for them, like they have this 22 year old guy who clearly is one of the most like just talented, pure scorers uh, in the league. You gotta you gotta let him play a little bit. So like I will he continue to play 33 minutes a game and average 26 points? I don't think so, but it's hard for me to imagine even when Cam Johnson comes back, Thomas not seeing 20 minutes a game. Um, but I think this is about as high as his stock will be this season if you're if you're sort of asking, like, is this a sell high point? 
Yeah. And, you know, he's a top 40 guy in Roto League so far. It's it's the points that are pretty much single-handedly doing that. I mean, he's been 85% at the line on high volume, so that helps too. But, you know, he's not a great rebounder. He goes out of his way to not pass. Uh, you know, maybe gets you a steal per game. So I, I think there is still – there's still a little bit of a disconnect as far as, you know, how effective he's been in real life versus fantasy. Uh, but the the second part of the question, yeah, do you – do any kind of demographic type of player come to mind as far as who you would target if you, if you're trying to sell high on camp Thomas, maybe somebody in your league needs the help in points, needs the help in free throw percentage. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of looking at, uh, at look, I think, I mean, you've you got a name. I think Adam's having some internet connection issues. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll lead into it. And then we, when Adam comes back, I'll let him take it. But this, mm-hmm. this could be your classic, uh, you like you, Hey, could you target Julius Randall? Like, you know, you could, <laughs> That's what I, was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think you look to sell high, uh, on Thomas for a guy who's underperforming that, you know, is like a top 50 or a top 60 mm-hmm. player. Um, assuming their shooting gets back on track. I think that's kind of what you're looking at. Yeah. Are you, are you back with us now, Adam? Uh, no. I know. I might I be. Do you have me? All right, we're okay. back. We're back. Baby. All right. So do, do you have no. any any players in mind who, you know, if you're, let's say you're trying to sell Cam Thomas, somebody you're targeting, um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, DeMar DeRozan, somebody like that. I mean, can you, can you aim that high or do you have to, do you have to go a tier lower? All right. I think we might've lost that. Uh, I mean, you you'd you? have to find a, a manager who's willing. Yeah. Okay, keep going, dude. I think I think there might just be a lag. Yeah, I think there's a big delay. Hang on, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, I would try to try to just back out and back back uh, come back into the stream. But Alex, yeah, nonetheless, we will we'll continue to run through a few players here. It's so tough because we're still we're still early enough on that you know some teams have only played five games and you know like the the overall season long fantasy rankings aren't really, you know, reminiscent of, of what to expect going forward. I, I, I think I'm aiming, you know, you're looking for, I, I think somebody who you project to finish what somewhere between 40th and 60th, 40th and 70th in total value. Uh, like you're not, you're not going to pry away Damian Lillard for, for Cam Thomas, obviously, but I think you find a veteran, maybe a veteran who's off to a slightly slow start and you go from there. Yeah. And look, I mean, what, what Cam Thomas is doing, for you in your fantasy leagues is almost exclusively points. Like that's what he's yeah. getting you. He's giving you points and I guess free throw percentage. He's a good free throw shooter. He takes a lot of them, but uh, you know, points are relatively easy to find on the wire. You can stream guys in on four game weeks. What's tougher to find is like high level assist guys. Yep. Um, so if you could trade cam Thomas for someone who's putting up great assist numbers, assuming you need assists, mm-hmm. um, if it's your build, whatever it is, I think that's the kind of move that, that I'd be looking to make. Got a question from Marco on Jalen Green. He's so frustrating to have. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> he is very frustrating to have. I, I don't really have a lot of Jalen Green in redraft. I got him in our our staff keeper league. You know, took took some flyers on him in best ball. I I, I love the idea of Jalen Green. I I still do think long term it's it should work out. I I just I think him landing in Houston and especially the situation that Houston's in now, which is in my opinion in a roundabout way worse. You know, you know now he has to compete with Dylan Brooks and. Fred Van Vliet for touches. Um, I, I just think he's in a really bad spot developmentally. And I, I don't like how much I'm seeing some like Nick Young, Jordan Poole shot selection from Jalen <laughs> Green this season. Like he doesn't, he's too good to be playing like that. And I, I think the the lack of discipline and, you know, just the, the the fact that Houston is trying to simultaneously develop like five players, 22 and under at the same time, it's, it's hurting not only him, but it's hurting all of them. Yeah, I, I wrote about Jalen Green in an article that was sort of like, do you panic about these specific players who are, who are underperforming? And I didn't quite like have the panic button push for Jalen green, but I, I tried to lay it out. Like there's not a lot of positive indicators right now. It's not like he's just shooting badly. He's his usage rate is down. If you, if you use the usage rate, that also accounts for assists, which is on cleaning the glass last year, he was at 28 this year. He's at 26. So He's getting fewer touches. He's not passing as much. Yes, his field goal percentage is down, but really not that much. Same with his free throw, et cetera. Like, he's not improved on defense. He just, 
he's kind of just the guy he's been since his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you roster that guy in fantasy? I can't blame you because you can still put him in on four game weeks and hope that he kind of bounces back sooner than later, or I should just say improves in general. But I would not be married to the idea of like rostering Jalen Green, especially in like a 10 team category league. All right. Interesting one here, Alex, from the uh, Taylor made clan. Um, you know, from, from one golfer to another, I, I appreciate the, uh, the username here got offered Zach Levine for Pascal Siakam 10 team, uh, points league. Do I take it or do we see Pascal Siakam turning things around, uh, as we, we welcome Adam King back to the mix here. Uh, Alex, I, I am dealing with, uh, the Pascal Siakam woes in a number of leagues right now, uh, had that big game. I believe it was against Milwaukee last week but other than that man it, it just it feels like he's like switched bodies with scotty barnes uh but yeah. he's already had like four disaster games including his worst game of the year uh, against the san antonio spurs last night eight points six rebounds five assists I, I i like like julius randall i do think siakam gets a turnaround the track record certainly suggests he will but um even if siakam was just off to an average start i think you know siakam versus levine is an interesting one to talk about if you have us adam do you want to take this one uh, I, I've got you. Have you got me? Okay. Yeah, oh, you got you, buddy. Okay. All right. Uh, who would I rather? Oh, it's actually a tough one. Um, yes, look, Siakam has looked pretty bad. Uh, the Raptors have looked pretty bad. Uh, so I'd, I'd probably take Levine in a points league. Uh, it's pretty close for me. Um, I do think, as you said, Siakam will get better. But I think I think Levine's role, just what what he does, um, is pretty much guaranteed every night. So I, I'd probably lean Levine slightly, but it, it's pretty close for me. Yeah, I, I I kind of feel the same way actually. I mean, I was I have to admit I was big on Siakam this draft season. You know, I thought he was definitely a third round guy. Like if he was there for me. I was almost never letting him get past. I thought with the with the absence of Fred Van Vliet, um, you know, that he would really step up more into a number one, one role. But like like Nick mentioned, it's the Scotty Barnes show and even the Dennis Schroeder show, who's mm-hmm. who's been playing excellent for them. And Siakam, yes, he's not shooting very well, but his usage rate is down 7%. That is massive. That's a massive decrease. He went from 29 to 22 right now this season, and Levine is back up at 28 and when the difference is that big in usage, honestly, I just want to lean on the guy that's that's a bigger part of the offense. And right now, that's Levine. And Levine is not shooting that well either, and his assists are relatively low. Neither of these guys are like pure specialists either. It's not like Siakam has some low usage rate, but he's a block specialist or something. No, it's like these guys are both they they need touches. So I would I would lean on the on the Levine side because I think they both um, Levine probably has a higher ceiling this year, honestly, at this point. Yeah, I've been very concerned with what I've seen from Siakam. Um, and this is a, a trade that I may have to be seeking out myself at some point. Uh, speaking of the Raptors, is Scotty Barnes a big sell high? Asks Raya. Uh, if so, who do you think you can get for him? Or do we just hold? Uh, Alex, what, what do you think about this one? I'm looking at Scotty Barnes. He is 10th in eight category per game value so far. So certainly not somebody that you're you know, in a hurry to offload with how well he's playing. And with each passing game, I, I feel like I'd be less and less inclined to deal him. But what say you? Yeah, with, with these sorts of questions, you have to ask yourself what what is sustainable and what is not sustainable. Most of the time, this comes down – points-wise, this comes down to volume um, and percentages. And, his, you know, he's shooting 51% from the field. Not that high for a guy like – or excuse me. it's Yeah, it's not crazy high for a guy like him. I expect his 42% three-point shooting to come down, but I think his free throw percentage is fine. Don't really expect much from like a rebounding assist standpoint to change. I will say a lot of his fantasy value is coming from his 2.1 blocks per game. Uh, Last season, he averaged 0.8. So if that comes back down and kind of normalizes to like 1.3, 1.4, yeah, it's going to be a big hit to his fantasy value because blocks are weighted so heavily in a category league. But at the same time, you know, I don't think I would trade him unless I could get like a guaranteed, like the, like a 25th ranked player for him. 
Um, like if you want to trade me Carl Anthony Towns or something like that for him, I'm going to think about it, but I would probably just keep Siaka or uh, Barnes if I just had him at this point. Yeah, I I probably agree. I was going to say top thirty, so sure. so top twenty five. Um, yeah, I, his blocks. I don't think they hold at two point one. Um, I could see him blocking over a shot a game. So one point one point oh one point one. Um, this is sort of what we were hoping for last season from him. We was everyone was pretty high on him. They thought he was going to run the offense a bit more, uh, and, and it didn't happen. And now that Van Fleet's gone, I guess they've they've just gone to him a little bit more. Uh, but if you watched uh, his last game, which was was it last night last night's game, maybe he was pretty bad in the first half. I think he only had like three points at halftime, um, and then he just went off in the second half uh, and and maybe overtime. I can't remember if that game went to overtime, but um, it hasn't been all all sort of roses and rainbows. So there have been some down points, but I yeah I do think he's in for a good season. But as you said, I, I probably would be looking for a, a second round, a third round at minimum. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a, a couple of questions here from from our guy Free Key. Uh, has asked us uh, about Nicholas Claxton. Uh, if, you, if you're frustrated with that situation, you don't want to deal with you know however long he's going to be out. You know now dealing with I believe a high ankle sprain, um, and there's been some indication you know that this could be multiple weeks, if not months. Uh, you know who are the type of players that you could uh, you know offer? You know you. you Obviously, you're selling low on Nicholas Claxton, uh, so you might have to, to buy low as well. Do you have any interest in, in Derek Lively and in, in Russell Westbrook? Are there any other you know kind of struggling young players or veterans that you're you're pretty confident are going to bounce back? I think if I have Claxton, I'd be holding um, uh, for an offer like Lively and Westbrook. Although I think if you're if you have Lively and Westbrook, it's like worth the shot to try to get Claxton because the the ankle inch issue. It really is unclear. Like, you know, uh, we had Eric Slater of Clutch Points report that a left a-, a high ankle sprain is a six to eight week recovery timetable, but the Nets are kind of treating him as day to day. So you can't even be shocked if Claxton's out two months. So maybe there's an impatient manager, especially if they're at the bottom of their league and they just need points, uh, you know, they, or they just need production. Um, but that's, you know, that's something you could think about, I, I think, from both sides. Yeah, well, I, think I mean, if, first and foremost, Adam, are, are you looking to sell Nicholas Claxton? I think is, is one way to look at it. Oh, uh, I'm probably not. I don't have him anywhere, so personally, I'm not. But if you do have him, I probably wouldn't, just because I don't think you're going to get anything back that's equal value at the moment. Um, as you said, it would only be if, I guess, if you can cop that loss, because you would have drafted him wanting rebounds and blocks. So that's what mm-hmm. you'd be potentially looking to get back. A trade if, if you are looking to shore up those categories. Uh, Lively and Westbrook, Lively's been a bit up and down. Uh, he has looked good at, at times, and, and then he has looked like a rookie at times. Uh, Westbrook, we don't know what his role is going to look like with Harden there now. So um, if you're if you're looking to to try and get Claxton, just throw a low offer out and see what happens. But if I have him, uh, I'd probably be hesitant if possible because we are only in week three. So maybe we get some more clarity at some point in the next week about whether this is a two-week injury or a, or a six- to eight-week injury. Another quick one on Siakam. This is quickly devolving into a, a Pascal Siakam pod here. Would you trade it for MPJ? Is that is that selling too low? I think that's selling too low. Yeah. Siakam touches the ball and, and still handles the ball enough for me to to want him over MPJ, not to mention Porter's injury history. Uh, I'd pro- I'd probably... Probably, I'd probably do it for MPJ. Hmm. I don't know if I'm buying MPJ at, at that price. I mean, he's been off to a good start, but I think he kind of is who he is at this point. And you know, the, the promise of him developing into a true star level player just doesn't doesn't really seem to be there. Even as he stayed healthy, you know, he's just kind of become this the spot up guy, and, and the rebounding tends to come and go. The defensive stats haven't really been there, but I. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I have Siakam on so many teams, Alex, but I I, I couldn't quite settle for that return. Uh, interesting question from Marco. What do you project Harden's stats to be? I mean, difficult to say, of course. And I, I think part of it depends on, you know, how long do they insist on trying to start Russell Westbrook? I think that could last like two games tops. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, maybe it works out and they, they find a way, but that just doesn't seem sustainable. 
I, I, I think in talking to a lot of people about this, Alex, I found myself to be on the more optimistic side with Harden. You know, uh, even though he's forced his way in and out of so many spots, like wherever he's gone, he's produced, you know, especially for fantasy. And, I, you know, we've seen him play alongside multiple stars before. So, you know, the, the presence of PG and Kawhi doesn't really scare me all that much. It's like, even if Harden's not the best player on his team, he always ends up with the ball in his hands because that's kind of the only way he knows how to play. So I, what do you, what do you, what do you kind of look at what he did last year and say, maybe you take away five to 10% of that to be safe. I, I, it's tough to say for sure, but um, I, I think he could still be a, a pretty, pretty elite fantasy player. I think he can be a very good fantasy player. You know, last year he averaged 21 and 11, six rebounds as well. And 37 minutes. Some of this equation to me comes down to, is he going to continue playing 37 minutes? You know, if, if the Clippers really are this good with him um, and, you know, he is 34, maybe they cut his minutes down to 33, 34 minutes a night, especially when you have guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and even Westbrook who can take on more usage. You know, when I, after the trade, I went in and, and changed his projections because that's that's what we do. I projected him for 19.7 points and 7.5 assists. The assists I know are a bit low. But think about how much Kawhi handles the ball and Paul George and is, you know, is how much is Westbrook going to be out there? Um, you know, I would rather under project him than over project him. I also gave him a three minute per game discount or a de- decrease compared to last season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I still think he, you know, under that sort of premise and you have him projected for 66 games, I think he'll return third or fourth round value. Uh, so I think wherever you drafted him, would you probably drafted him, especially late in the draft season, like, maybe in the third round. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, by the end of draft season, he was going in the mid fifties. And like when I did my NFBKC, I think he went like 55th. That was the day before the season. Um, I, I never really felt like he was in danger of missing the entire year. And I think it probably would have been slightly better for his fantasy value to stay in Philly. But if you got him in the forties or fifties, I, I think you're going to be just fine. And it's hard for me to imagine Harden falling off to that degree. Oh man. Let's see. Talk some Dennis Schroeder, the okay. Cousins, asking about what do you think about Schroeder? Is it sustainable for what he does statistically? Uh, he's been a, a vastly better fantasy player than Pascal Siakam so far. I, I would like to say it's not sustainable, but it, if you could just tell me that he's on this roster the whole year, I, I think it kind of is, partially because they have nobody behind him. They have nobody behind him. Um he is still, you know, I, I saw this stat, I think, when they were like three games into the season, but I just double checked. And yes, he is still ninth in the NBA in touches per game. To me, that is a like a massive stat for for Schroeder. Um, 25% usage rate. I To me, this is pretty sustainable. There's not a ton that Schroeder is doing right now, especially when you consider how much he is touching the ball. That is is really unsustainable. I mean, I don't look at, he's not going to continue shooting 42% from three. That's not who he is. It's going to probably normalize down to 33%, but you only lose what one point a game off of that. Um, so yeah, I think if he averages like 15 and eight for the rest of the year, I, I just don't see why he couldn't do that sort of given like the underlying usage. Got a question about Buddy Heald from Brandon. Buddy Heald thoughts. I, I'm very pro Buddy Heald, as you know, I've, I've, Telling everybody who will listen that since he's been in the league, he's played 23 more games than anybody else. He never misses time. He consistently finishes second in the NBA in threes behind either Curry, Lillard, Clay, or Harden. I, I think he'll probably do it again, even though his minutes have been up and down, even though they might trade him at some point. Um, he is somebody that I love rostering. It feels like his costs, his cost never increases the way it should. Um, like there's always a, a 30 spot difference between where he finishes in total value and where he's drafted. Um, but until he has, you know, some sort of severe injury, I don't care if he's starting. I don't care if he's coming off the bench. I mean, he's playing, he's playing fewer minutes than last season. He's still giving you 3.2 made threes per game in what feels like it's been a slow start. Um, so I'm, I'm very pro buddy Hill. If if someone's looking to sell him, I am buying. Yeah. It's tough to say after they, you know, they didn't, um, agree in that extension. He's coming off the bench. Now his minutes, like you mentioned, been up and down. I to me, he needs probably 30 minutes a game, maybe only 28 to be like a 12 team guy, depending on your build. He's getting 24 right now, but we mentioned it's up and down. I mean, I think if you drafted him, it's a hold. I think if he's on the waiver wire, you can just grab him. I, I don't think yes. there's a reason not to. Um, that's so that's that's where I stand on him. Uh, we got a question about Trey Murphy from Ian. Is Trey Murphy playing this month? 
I would be pretty surprised if he doesn't. I mean, there's a video of him like two days ago shooting around during pregame in basically full uniform. Looked good to me. I mean, looked like somebody who could play very soon. Uh, I think the initial timetable from early September was eight to 12 weeks, 10 to 12 weeks. So yeah, we're, we're nearing kind of the conclusion of that. I mean, obviously we don't know exactly when he'll be back, but I would be, I would be very shocked if he doesn't play at some point in November. Yeah. And I I will mention, uh, uh, Adam King will not be returning. His internet is is too bad to continue, uh, but we appreciate his effort um, uh, and his insights. Okay. But yes, uh, Trey Murphy, like you mentioned, um, you know the timetable that they gave him initially puts a uh, an estimated early return, like the earliest expected return, at the middle of this month. Um, so yeah, I think there's a pretty good chance he plays this month. I would be shocked if he was not on the court um, by December first. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think you, whatever you drafted him for, you stash him on your IR. You don't have to worry about anything, anything like crazy. Yeah. Bar, to, to use a turn of phrase that has become legendary at Rotowire, barring a setback, Trey Murphy right. will be playing at some point this month. Tyus Jones, Alex, uh, Skeeter221 asks, is Tyus Jones a must add if he was dropped in a 12 team, nine cat head to head league? He has not surpassed 30 minutes this season. That is accurate. He has not surpassed even 28 minutes this season. Uh, you know, got off to a pretty nice start. Had you know through three games, 14 points, seven assists, one and a half steals. You're feeling good. Uh, but th- these last two games, 22 and 24 minutes. I don't. I don't really know what Washington is doing with the rotation right now because it, it's not just Tyus Jones. Like it's not like they're you know they're siphoning off his minutes to somebody else. It's like Kyle Kuzma's minutes have been down. Jordan Poole's minutes have been down as well. Uh, they've gone to a, a more egalitarian approach, I, I guess is one way to say it. Uh, part of it is they're, you know, they're constantly facing big deficits, right? You know, when you're, yeah. when you're down 20 going into the fourth quarter against Miami, it's just going to lead to, you know, more scrub seeing minutes. But I mean, they've, they've been playing real you know, routinely, like 13 guys most nights, which is just horrible for fantasy. Nobody on the Wizards is averaging 30 minutes a game. They don't have a single player averaging 30 minutes, um, which I don't know if that's ever happened before through like five games of an NBA season. Is he a pickup and a 12 teamer? I think he probably is, but I would not pick him up and expect him to start seeing like 32, 33 minutes a game. Cause I think that would require Washington to be really competitive. And of course, Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma are doing so much in their offense that there's just kind of scraps left for him. Cause Mm -hmm. Jones is more of a floor general, right? And they're not really letting him do that. I think he's a 12 because he, he's ranked 125th in 8-cat, which implies on a, on a four-game week, he's you, you throw him in there. Um, but, yeah, it's not uh, – I don't think it's like a league winner to pick him up. Dyson Daniels or Jordan Hawkins, uh, presumably as a replacement for McCollum. I, I would lean Daniels. Uh, you know, some more unknown there, but I, I think better fantasy potential. Whereas to me, Hawkins, Hawkins is the guy, if you need, if you need threes, if that's a category of need in a Roto league, go grab him. I mean, he's jacking up like eight threes a game over the last week and a half. Uh, but I, I have a little more faith in Dyson Daniels as the, the overall better fantasy player. Yeah, this is, this is a tough question to answer. Um, you know, it's actually Kyra Lewis who's seen the most minutes with McCollum off the floor. Uh, followed by Dyson Daniels. Um, but Daniels only has a 9% usage rate in those 58 minutes. Some of that's because he hasn't committed a turnover. Uh, you know, eight points, six assists, five rebounds. Um, and like you mentioned with Hawkins, he's out there jacking up, you know, 12 threes per 36 minutes without McCollum on the floor. Uh, so it kind of depends what you want, right? If you want assists, grab Dyson. If you need threes, grab Hawkins. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Has been looking really good, says the Cousins9855. Uh, thoughts on him? Yeah, he has played well. He's been seeing a ton of minutes. You know, he's somebody who, you know, like Shaden Sharp, has picked up a few more minutes uh, in the absence of Anthony Simons. Uh, the only thing really holding him back in, in category leagues is the field goal percentage is way down. I mean, he's under 40% from the field. He's at 33% from three. Um, so he's, he's losing some efficiency. But other than that, I mean, he's – <laughs> on track for like what might be the best counting stat season of his career. Uh, the thing with Brogdon is, you know, how long is he on this roster? I, I think at some point, you know, he's going to get scooped up by a contender. The question is, is that a month from now? Is that at the trade deadline? Is it sooner? I, I don't really know. 
I, I think with Brogdon, I, I'm just I'm just holding him. If if somebody you know for some reason is is offering me Malcolm Brogdon trades, I'm I'm willing to hear that. But I don't know if I'd be actively selling him. You know, if he, if he's going to be out there for 35 minutes a night with no Anthony Simons for the next month, I'm just going to ride that out. Yeah, and Scoot's missed the past two games. Uh, that's been huge for Brogdon's usage. Um, and I think he's definitely a hold until Simons comes back. But even even when Simons was available, um, you know, I think it's uh, – I, I think you could probably expect si- Brogdon to still play 20 to 25 minutes a game, and he proved to be fantasy relevant last year when he was seeing that many minutes. So uh, he's definitely a hold. Maybe he's a sell high, again, depending on who you can get. But I think all, this production, he – uh, he's, he's done this in the past. Uh, I got a question about Herb Jones, very Pelicans heavy, uh, part of the podcast here. Uh, the way I'll frame this one to you is like, I, I really like Herb Jones, you know, especially for steals and blocks. Those have both been there lately, you know, give you some threes every now and then he actually went nine of nine at the free throw line against Detroit last week. But, uh, I think the concern with Herb Jones is okay. When Trey Murphy's back, what are we looking at? So it, in the next week or so, are you, are you maybe floating out some, some Herb Jones offers looking to cash in before Murphy returns? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing that because like you mentioned, when, when Murphy comes back, Murphy's a better player. He fits better within their offense. Cause he's a, he's a floor spacer and Herb Jones isn't. And then you have the McCollum situation too now. So Herb Jones, you know, he might, he might have some nice games coming up um, and, and you'll be able to sell high, but, you know, I think when both of those guys, like last season, you know, he played 30 minutes a game, but Ingram and Zion can play, or Ingram, yeah, Ingram and Zion combined for like 75 games or something. So he got more minutes and more usage. If everyone in the Pelicans is healthy, it's not easy for Herb Jones to see 29 minutes and his usage is going to be even lower than it's been. So um, to me, he's a sell high if, if that's sort of the, the angle of the question. Yeah, I would uh, I would be looking at it that way as well. Um, how about Jaden McDaniels? We'll take a few more of these before we get out. Um, you know, off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, it's only played in three games so far. The minutes have not really been there, 20 to 24 minutes in all three games. Uh, he's given you some blocks. That is uh, about it. Uh, are, you, are you willing to drop him at this point, uh, or do you need another week or so? Uh, I need another week. Like he's yeah. – um... Uh, like you mentioned, if he can shake off the injury, you know, we have to, we have to see if that's the case. So I, that's a hold. Okay. Who do you guys think is leading the rookie of the year race? And who do you think will ultimately win it? Uh, well, Skeeter, we have a, a fantastic page <laughs> over at rotowire.com. You can check out updated futures odds. You can compare sports books. Um, and I will tell you right now that the odds on favorite, at least at the DraftKings sports book is Victor Weminyama. By a lot. He is minus 360. That's the, the heaviest those odds have been uh, dating all the way back to the summer. Uh, you got Chet Holmgren at 5-1. to one, And then a huge drop-off down to Scoot, Brandon Miller, and Asar Thompson. Those guys are all 25-1. to one. Uh, I mean, it's it's Webinyama's award, unless he gets hurt, right? I don't see any way around that. I mean, it could be... Did it, did Embiid end up winning it the one year that he only played like 30-some games? Or was that the Malcolm Brogdon year? I think that was I the Brogdon remember. year. But there was, there was significant momentum because Embiid was so clearly the guy and he played less than half the season. Um, like even with Wembenyama, it's like if he just gets to like the 50-game mark, that honestly might be enough. Especially with Scoot not looking good. I mean, that was to me, that was kind of the guy that was going to be in position to play a ton of minutes and put up big numbers. Uh, you know, Holmgren's going to have something to say about it, but it's still, between those two, it's, it's so obviously Wembenyama right now. Yeah, you mentioned the odds. They're as short as 350, as long as minus 400. You know, points bet feels the strongest about it. It's two uh, weeks into the year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to me, when I watched them play, Wembenyama should be the fan. I mean, the Raptors, you know, they the Raptors ended up coming back and winning that game last night. Mm-hmm. But through the first half of that game, Toronto, and yes, Toronto's a bad three-point shooting team. They had no idea what to do with Wembenyama because they were trying to go to the rim and Wembenyama was standing there and they were like, I, we can't do this. You know, he was, he was dominant. Um, you know, you, I, I think the point of like, yes, he could get injured. Um, I think that's a good point. Although personally, I think Holmgren's actually more of an injury risk watching the way that his body moves and the way that he falls and stuff. Um, but yeah, to me, Chet's only a bet as like a, you think when Benyama's going to get hurt or something and you want more value. Mm-hmm. Reminder to everyone listening live here on, on YouTube or on Twitter, or if you're listening to this in podcast form, we are brought to you by underdog fantasy. It's the number one platform 
for NBA best ball and DFS player pick'em contests. If you have not tried Underdog yet, new Underdog users receive a first-time deposit bonus up to $100 and a free six-month subscription to Rotowire. Just use the promo code RWNBA. That's RWNBA. Visit underdogfantasy.com or download their app and use that promo code RWNBA to get a free six-month subscription to Rotowire and a deposit bonus up to $100. We're also brought to you by Rival Fantasy. LeBron versus Jordan, Magic versus Bird, Barkley versus McHale. Basketball is synonymous with legendary player rivalries. They make the game more fun and give fans the storylines that raise the stakes every time those players meet on the court or come up in conversation. Now every player matchup and head-to-head debate can be settled on Rival Fantasy. This NBA season, you can play challenges where you decide which player will score more fantasy points in their next game. Play the Rival Fantasy in-house challenge or create your own and get a friend in the mix with customizable social challenges. Sign up at joinrival.com slash rotowire. If you do that right now, you'll get a $200 deposit match. It's time to step up to the challenge on Rival Fantasy. We'll see you in the arena. All right, one more. Then we'll hit a few more questions and be on our way. Vivid Seats. The NBA season is here and it's underway. On behalf of our friends at Vivid Seats, let's get one thing clear. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team crush it on the court to the sound of thousands of screaming fans. Every dunk, dribble, and heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. And because Vivid Seats is the only ticketing company where you can earn rewards on every purchase, you can score amazing deals and unrivaled annual rewards. You can get those all season long. Plus, with a 100% buyer guarantee, you can be sure your ticket will be as legit as your love for the game. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today and use promo code ROTOWIRE for $20 off your first $200 purchase. That's Rotowire, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E, for 20 bucks off your first purchase of $200 or more. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com. Vivid Seats, experience it live. All right, good to get that business out of the way. We, we thank all of our sponsors right here on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, Alex, we'll hit uh, two or three more questions and then be done for the day. But we do remind you, we, we do this every day, Monday through Friday. We got live podcast streaming right here on the Rotowire YouTube channel. You can find it on our socials as well. Uh, we appreciate everybody jumping in and sending us some questions. Uh, Groff Life TV says Jeremy Grant thoughts. Um, you know, Alex, I, I was thinking about you know this weekend as I, I do my box score. You know, checking in the morning and at night, we're, we're seeing some like Carmelo Anthony type of lines from Jeremy Grant, <laughs> who is doing just nothing but scoring. Maybe a few rebounds here and there. Uh, the assists are down. The defensive stats have completely evaporated. Uh, but at least he's giving you points. He is giving you points, and that's pretty much what you drafted him for. I mean, his, his numbers this season are not that different from what he was doing last year, although he's not shooting as well. So once his shooting is actually uh, – once his shooting improves, it's possible he sets a career high in scoring this year uh, just based on improved percentages. But, yeah, I don't expect the rebounds to pop up or anything, um, partially because DeAndre Ayton is, like, trying to lead the NBA in rebounds. Uh, and then the, the assist stuff – um, you know, Brogdon is, is handling a lot of the ball now. Simons is going to handle when he's back. Sharp's been handling in the meantime. Um, so yeah, I, I think what he's doing right now is essentially what he's, yeah. what he's going to do for the rest of the year. Yeah. You just hope that the percentages improve and if they do, he's, he's still going to be a fine fantasy asset. Uh, but any, yeah, any hope of Jeremy Grant, like everything running through him, I I've almost given up on that already, especially with Simons gone. Like at first I'm like, all right, I got all these Jeremy Grant shares. Here we go. And he's somehow like passing the ball less than ever, despite being the the most established option on that team. So, yeah, if you're in it for the points and you, you kind of know what you're signing up for, then you'll be fine. But uh, doesn't look like he's going to you know have notably higher upside this year than he has in the past. Dylan Brooks, are the numbers sustainable for Dylan Brooks? Uh, you know, we talk a lot, Alex, about the the Houston Rockets. They got too many mouths to feed. It's been frustrating for Jalen Green, Jabari Smith. You know, even Fred VanVleet has had his ups and downs. Not Dylan Brooks, baby. Five games in, 18 points, four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, one and a half steals. Uh, I mean, he's shooting, shooting the lights out, right? 60% from three, 60% from the field, 93% at the line. Uh, to me, I think that's probably where the regression comes, believe it yeah. or not. I'm going to say it. I'm brave enough to say Dylan Brooks will not shoot 60% from the field. Uh, but but in terms of the counting stats, I guess the rest of this is the rest of this legit. I mean, I think, I think the rest of it is fairly legit. Um, you know, I don't, he's never averaged more than 1.2 steals in his career, but he also has zero blocks right now. And he's been more of like a 
0.3 blocks guy. So I think you're you're kind of balancing out there. Yeah, I think everything but the percentages are sustainable. His usage rate's actually 4% lower than it was last year. And this is kind of where like, I mean, I would definitely sell high personally. Like I would, I would look to move off of this immediately because when he finally starts shooting 40% from the field again, he's going to be averaging 13 points a game instead of 18 points a game. Uh, so it's, it's definitely a sell high for me. All right. Steve Sexton, uh, who we can only assume is a, a relative of Colin Sexton. He said he was offered Darius Garland and Daniel Gafford in exchange for Tyrese Maxey. Is this a fair deal? Wow. Um, hmm. it might be, I think it's a fair, uh, deal. it's a fair I offer. Think- it is a, it's absolutely a fair offer. The person that you, that, that offered this to you definitely respects you and respects the sanctity of fantasy basketball. Um, I think, I think this more so depends on how you feel about Gafford because yeah. Garland and Maxi, I think have probably similar upside this season. Um, I think Maxi does have more upside, but um, man, uh, given the way that Gafford has looked, which is just like not amazing, and the muted minutes for for Washington, I think I would rather be on the Maxi side. Mm. But if you're really thin on centers, for example, yeah. I would think about it. I think rest of season, like Garland versus Maxi, is going to be really close. You know, Maxi probably regresses a little bit. I mean, he's it's been as as good of a start as possible through two weeks. Um, and, you know, I, I do think Maxi could absolutely finish higher than Garland, but I don't think it would be a huge gap. So you're totally right. I, I think it. it it depends on one, how you view Daniel Gafford, how sustainable you think his role is. And perhaps more importantly, do you need a center? If you, if you need help at center, then I would say probably take this deal. It's not a bad deal. Right. All right. Try to find one or two more here to end on. Talked about Harden. Uh, here's a good one. Is Grant Williams almost a bust roster in 10 or 12 team leagues playing a lot of minutes for, for a Dallas team that doesn't have a whole lot outside of Luca and Kyrie, he started all six games so far, 15 and a half points, five rebounds. Uh, but that's, that's about it. He's hitting a bunch of threes, I guess three, 3.8 made threes per game. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're playing in a Roto league, then he's probably a must roster, especially in a 12 teamer. I think, um, I might zag. I'm gonna, really? I think I'm going to zag off you. Yeah. I th- well, I think he's a sell high because okay. he's shooting 56% from three and how many of his field goal attempts are coming from three. Uh, seven of his nine field goal attempts are coming from three and he's shooting 56% from distance. There's no like uptick in usage. The other stats aren't really doing much for me. So I, I look, I don't, I wouldn't blame Monkey Buggy for rostering him in 12s. He's, he's shooting so hot. You almost have to, um, when a guy's this hot, like you might as well keep him. Mm-hmm. But if you get, if you get offered like a top 100 player for him, I think you have to take that deal. Like the second that you see it mm-hmm. pop up on your phone. Okay. We'll end on this one. Uh, as I put the wrong one up there. Desmond Bain for McCall Bridges. So I, I don't know, you know, what side the, the the question asker is on here, but we'll just talk about these two. If, if you can roster one going forward for the rest of the year, who do you got? Uh, I think it's Desmond Bain. Um, I think so. You know, Bri- I just Bridges is not um, doing really anything more than he was doing last season, which is, of course, very good. Um, but Bain is like the clear number one option on that team. They have no, I mean, until Morant comes back. They have yeah. no other like legit scoring options, no other playmaking options. The the Nets have shown that, well, partially because of Cam Thomas, um, they have other guys who can who can score for them. So I, I would rather have Bain. I think the the mark in favor of Bridges is that there is this the specter of John Morant coming back, and what does that do for Desmond Bain? If you take that away, then it's to me pretty clearly Bain. Um, but I, I think it is fair to say, okay, you know, 20 games from now, do we see Desmond Bain, you know, regress to maybe being the third option given how, you know, how important Jared Jackson's become. But yeah, I, I've been disappointed with Bridges, man. I mean, he had that incredible run right after the trade last year. And, you know, I mean, I, I saw him go in the first round of some early drafts, you know, did feel like that cooled off a little bit, uh, but he, he's still been pretty good. Like the efficiency has been about the same as last year. He's not shooting the three quite as well, but he's still at 46% from the field, 91% at the line. Uh, you know, the defensive stats haven't quite taken a step forward, uh, but he's done about all he could, uh, I think, to to live up to to, to pretty high expectations. And, and what's ultimately a weird situation in Brooklyn. Um, I'm with you, though. I, I think if, you know, gun to my head, I would I would go Desmond Bain. But I, I think that's a pretty fair question. I, I think Bain, Bain, it feels like it's off to the hotter start, whereas, it, you know, a month from now, we could look back and say, OK, Bridges might be the guy with higher upside. But 
Um, yeah, uh, good question there by by N. Paracha. We appreciate everybody uh, listening along, asking us questions in the chat. Uh, makes us a lot more fun. Makes it a lot more productive for everybody. Uh, make sure you continue to check us out Monday through Friday on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball YouTube channel. You can always find our streams on Twitter. You can even find it on the Rotowire Facebook, I think, if, you, if you're into Facebook at this point. But uh, give us a follow. You can follow me at WHA1EN. Uh, you can follow Alex at Barutha Alex on Twitter. Uh, feel free to hit us up there with any fantasy questions as well. We thank you for listening. Tomorrow, you'll have Dr. Ray on the mic. I'll be with Brandon Kravitz on Wednesday. Uh, we'll have uh, Rick Hamla and, and Dr. Ray on Thursday. Uh, and then Alex, Ken, and Shannon coming at you on Friday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.